Welcome back to the Gameaholic Podcast, and welcome to Season 4. This is now going on our fourth year of doing game reviews, riffing together and having a good time. So we are so excited to kick this off in the traditional way. Colin, why don't you uh, let the audience know, what's our what's the traditional way to kick off a season? Nice little year in review, Luke, which we're basically, we're just reviewing or over overviewing what we kind of did over the last year, I guess. And you know what? We had a fuckload of games this year. I think we clocked in at, what, 30-something? 30-something episodes last season? We went, we did everything, dude. We got a little bit of the Dark Picture anthologies in there. We crushed Telltale Games for a month and a half. We had an indie month that turned into two indie months. And along the way, we hit a ton of blockbuster releases that, you know, were either nominated or won a ton of amazing Game of the Year awards. So the the I think the catalog of what we did this year really covered a lot of unique parts. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think um, if we just look at what we kind of did over the last, like, year, I think we started out with a banging release from Dark Picture Anthology with The Devil and Me. And can I just say one simple thing? Mm. We want more! dark picture anthology like come on where's we're season two guys at this point yeah we're itching we're itching we're itching we got the itch anyways and then we obviously went into the new pokemon game which isn't new anymore and just kind of like went into that scarlet violet but you know what resurgence right like before we even maybe even dive in like you know that dlc is something that i think you and i want to review we're interested for sure indigo disc and uh something else yeah but I mean, un- unreal. Regardless, like, yeah, it looks it looks interesting at least, and it builds the story that was kind of part of Scarlet and Violet. Which I mean, in most base Pokemon games, they don't really do. So it's kind of an interesting twist they're doing with this DLC. Totally, and I think that they knew that the game wasn't finished. I don't think they've really done any big changes, at least to like their you know frame rate, the background, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that game we've been freak. With it. Game freaks is like thanks for the money. Yeah, so, literally, but, but people but, are buying. But we'll still buy. And you know what? Um, on, on that note, on the Indigo Disc note, like my TikTok was blowing up for a little while on, I think, all of the shiny hunting people are doing. And like, it's kind of getting me fired up because like, you know, playing Crystal, where shiny, or sorry, gold for me personally, but playing that round of games, which we ended the year off, right? So we had two Pokemon games, one to kick off, one to end. Um, I didn't obviously find a single random shiny on there. But going into Scarlet well, Violet, yeah, you, you had Red Gyarados. Sure, but that, I mean that's that's yeah, a guaranteed encounter. But I know, but I know. going into Scarlet Violet, I had two, right? Like I found two random Shine Dads. Yeah, yours just, was Meryl, right? I had a Meryl and I had a Chansey. That's interesting. Yeah. So, but like I mean, just just the fact that you know, I, I think they might have boosted the shiny rates, and like they're still very rare. But the fact that you can kind of kick around and do that. Well, speaking of which, Luke, they're not really rare anymore because people just make those sandwiches and you just basically attack hordes and you find one. It's kind of. In and you opinion, go back and respawn and it's, despawn. It's, it's and not respawn. like Arceus where you actually have to grind for it, in my opinion. Don't you talk about my boy. Yeah. No, but yeah, absolutely. Which so hopefully in this year, there's been hints that maybe there'd be a second one. I heard it might be a Celebi. Yeah. I heard it might... And I Gen heard, 2 would be nasty to come back. that, or I heard like Gen 5 even. And who's... Sorry, what would that be? Kyrim or whatever. Oh, Kyrim or whatever. Yeah. Reshim or whatever. Okay, that, that'd be cool too. Yeah, it'd be a different spin on it because they don't really, they haven't made a Gen 5 remake yet, so it'd be a nice way to spin that in. And I'd be super happy if they launched something like that. Yeah. So, you know, our Pokemon, again, we always have to do a couple. We have a couple, I think, already thought about for the rest of the year here, going into Emerald and everything like that, right? Like a lot of huge games. But, um, you know, the Pokemon obviously is fantastic. And, and that's when we realistically kind of almost jumped instantly into indie month like which ended up being like yeah a, we just we just skip over biomutant Bio you know what like yeah so we did biomutant i played that around christmas time last year um that was a playstation plus you know exclusive a, it yeah. wasn't good i had it yeah it wasn't great but i had an okay time playing it as a free game because there was a lot of gameplay and it was open world so yeah. i actually like as as an all-around game during christmas time where you know i don't go home with the family i kind of just kind of spend it solo um it was a great game. Like I, I had a really fun time playing it. But when you stack it up against our five point rating system, didn't necessarily hit. Surprisingly, we had like a month off. I think I think you may have went home at this at this time of year, in between Biomutant and Indie Month. I think that's what happened because we did take about a month off. Right, and then when I went home for the wedding, we also took a little bit of time off as well. Yeah. And then when I had to fly home for a funeral, we had to take a little bit of time off as well too. So yeah. you know, but I mean, still, but dude, we still had a good. Chunk you got to think thirty something episodes in the course of fifty two weeks. We were eating. We we're eating. 
So, you know, I want to talk indie because indie, we had what I think, and you're our, I mean, you're a resident indie guy, let's be honest. Right? Like, you you find the indie games, hey, you pump it, pump them into us. And every indie game was amazing that we reviewed except for Dredge. But besides that... You shut the <laughs> fuck up, okay? Dredge, Black Salt Games deserves the world. Yeah. To uh, be honest. But but we dove into... A, actually, it's, it's nuts because we, we did a whole indie month, but the first couple weeks were pretty heavy. Like, we dove into The Suicide of Rachel Foster, which isn't a very long game. It's almost like a walking simulator. But I have to I would be say honest. that. Like, walking simulator, kind of like um, the game we did a couple of years ago. Yeah, everybody's gone to the rapture. But this one, this one's way darker. And it's really weird. And it doesn't make you feel good. And we had a preference before if you... You know, it, it's weird, very heavy into, yeah. into rape and very heavy into... And suicide like, yeah, and, um, but, and self-harm, at least. So... We had a preference that before we went to the pod, and then I thought the pod we, we that was probably our well. heaviest pod. Yeah, hundred percent it has it was, but it, we thought it was a really good game and it really good spin on um, some of the, the the takes that at least uh, you know how dark this world can be sometimes. And I know video games are a, a gateway or escape from certain things like this, so that's why we had a preference a little bit. This pod's gonna be a little more heavier than what we normally do, uh, but, but it was but, but like I said, can't say enough. It was a great game. Very meaningful, I think very important. And like, you know, games have messages. Sometimes those messages are a little bit more subliminal. We don't necessarily pick them up. You have to look into the motifs and the themes and everything like that. But I think the suicide of Rachel Foster is just so heavily like this game is supposed to make you feel bad or this game is supposed to make you hurt. Like this was, again, I think this was a very important game just in general in the gaming community. Because I think that, like, you know, even the cover of this game is a bloody retainer. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. again, regardless, like, you know, this game, I think, deserves all the praise for what it did and what it drew attention to and, and making people feel that way. But, you know, um, and that, that's how we kicked off Indie Month or Indie two months at this point. But we had a bunch of, you know, bangers after that. Like, Oxide Room 104 right off the bat, was an interesting one. That one didn't have a ton of um, press around it, but you I don't know if you remember me. I played it like five times. Well, I hated it. Yeah, I you loved You know I it. hated it, but, but the reason why... Because it was, it was actually, a horror game. It, no, it was because the voice acting was so brutal. And the best part was going on like YouTube and people were shredding the voice actors. And then the one guy's like, I voiced every single person. Sorry, I was so bad, basically. But, yeah, because he was like, they didn't pay him, or was it pretty much just yeah, like, you yeah, got to do yeah. everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? It was it was just, I thought the, the play style was unique. Everything was amazing. And like, you know, I want to group in kind of the next three games, to be honest with you. Like when we did After Party, Oxenfree, and Road 96. Because those were all very unique, very fun very like just all around bang for your buck indie games like i would recommend all three of those to anybody without a doubt and not to say like there is oxen free 2 which spoiler alert we're definitely gonna re review that this year that's heavy indie month this year yep. for us yep. for sure yep. um we also want to get into some other stuff um indie that we've picked up like i think outer wilds is a game that we have both heard about yeah, you're gonna play that one and there's that other one, I forget what it is off the top of my head, but like Detective something that is very, very, very well known. Um, you know, then we went back to what, the 90s? <laughs> yeah. And it was actually funny because it had actually like real actors. Grim Fandango. Who's the main guy that played Grim? I can't remember his name off the top of my well, head. I miss, but... I miss Glottis every day of my life. Yeah, so. you talk about him still. You almost a year later, and you still talk about my Glottis. Name's Glottis. Yeah, I loved his voice. It was the best. The game necessarily. The game for me was great. The glitches and bugs on a PS5 was not. Well, That's where I struggled. Right. The, like, they remastered it, and you know what? The game was. <laughs> the game is hard. I couldn't imagine playing it without an actual playthrough. You have as to a kid. You have as to. A, as a kid, we both. I think we both admitted we followed playthroughs there pretty heavily, right? Yeah, like, you had to. You had because it's like, oh hey, figure figure it out, and you're like, I have to go here. I have to go here. I have to do this with this person. And I have to go here and do this with this person, and blah 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 blah. But it's a cult blah, classic. Blah. Nine point two out of ten. Like insane rating for yeah, a game. Yeah, of course. Like, totally like actually. Fair. A cult classic, and I we really we both really enjoyed it. It was Tony Polana, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you know Maria Canas Briera. Of course, there's I, so I many. I butchered that name so hard, but she um she was the mom I think in George Lopez that show. I don't know. Not, I can't, I mean, I can't I, tell you what both Tony's, of their Tony's voices. Both of their faces are very similar to me. Like not similar, but like I, I recognizable at least, and like I know what they're both kind of have done. He's an ugly Betty. 
Um, and he was in Superstore. Like, he was in a bunch of different Three stuff. Three Amigos. So, yeah. Um, great Latin American voice actors, right? Like, this relies very heavily on Latin culture, and that's where we see, like, the whole Grim Fandango yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, it's sick, and the skulls are all painted for every single person. Unreal. It was cool. A really cool game. Uh, then we went into the, the worst game of no, all time. No, stop. The so, fishing similar named Dredge. So. Dredge was... I, I've graded... You know what? It's tough, because Dredge I did rate low, just if you're talking about story and characters and all that kind of stuff, and the replayability. Well, it was a but, dumb ending. Oh, it was me the whole time. I broke the mirror. Like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, fuck. I'm not saying... Okay, can I say one thing, though? I wasn't there for the story. I was there for the for fishing. fishing. Yeah, yeah, you liked fishing. I think about... And I mentioned this on the Dredge pod, but when we talk like Animal Crossing and everything like that, man... Love the fishing. Spirit Tea, which we're going to be reviewing in a couple of weeks. Spoiler alert. I love the fishing. The different seasons, different fish. Like, this obviously doesn't have seasons, but has different areas with different fish, different rods, different everything like that. The story I could care less about. I just actually had a good time fishing. Yeah, and and give credit to them. I, I joke, but they did win a couple of awards, I'm pretty sure. This yeah, absolutely. Fall. We're so nominated they, for a few. They were nominated. And, and the so. tough thing was they were put against huge games like Sea of Stars. Yeah, it's hard. And it's it's hard as a fishing simulator. They won, it, they won something, didn't they? Though? I think they, as so, a first-time like, yeah, developer? Um, it was first-time indie developer. I yeah. believe they won. Yeah. Um, obviously, for Indie Game of the Year, the fact they were nominated is huge. But you also need to realize if you're against Sea of Stars, which is a much better game in my opinion, I truly. Um, it's hard for them. Not gonna win. Then we jumped into Bramble, which I still see on my TikTok. Bramble the Mountain King, as a game that people play, and I thought Bramble was incredible because it took those old um, what Scandinavian um, folklore, and they made it into this beautiful. I want to say it was horror, but it wasn't fully horror. You no. know what I mean? Like it was horror. It was scary, like the the witch of like the the witch of the lake and stuff like that. Like we saw the horror there, but I didn't think it was, you know, that that whatever that scary. But just all around a really fantastic game and a ton of fun. No, um, it was it no, it was really creepy and edgy, but it, but it was fun. It was fun to like, and then you get it was cool reading the books and be like, totally. oh, this is the lore, and and, and, and it was dark. Yeah, you you you, you, you bury a baby. Well, that baby thing was fucked. And you're a kid. You're like a five-year-old kid yeah, you're six, burying a baby. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, the game the game really draws attention to the fact that fairy tales, even, let's say, 100 years ago, were so much freaking darker than they are now. It's, and everything's been babyfied. It reminds me of, like, uh, those those ones that Dwight ta- like says on the game yeah. office. Where he's like, he running with, like... Th- uh, scissors, so he he just cuts your thumbs off or tongue or something like that. I'm like, like holy. But crap. even like Krampus and stuff like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Old school, like yeah. the opposite of Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, then we jumped to Cassette Beast, which kind of ended our um, indie month or indie two months at this point. But <clears> dude, <throat> Cassette Beast was incredible. It was. I love the music. The music was so the, good. The fact that they actually had like real like a DJ and I think a a singer combined together to like basically make like eight yeah. or nine tracks was cool um, and they, it never got it never got like boring to me the same storyline was amazing the the design of the cassette beasts was great the evolutions also it was like fixing the tape right like um everything in that game was so good the archangels how creepy they were cassette beasts actually might be and this is gonna be a really hot take if if you're sort of a pokemon fan or you like sort of that gotta catch them all vibe um I think Cassette Beasts is better than Violet and Scarlet. I do. I do. I do. I think if I had to pick between Violet and Scarlet and Cassette Beasts, I would have picked Cassette Beasts. I think so too because it just it, – they <laughs> yeah, but that's just uh, – yeah. That's I, know, just, I know it's a hot take. It's because Scarlet and Violet, you can just tell there was not like a ton of love put into it and they just, they're just they just milking the franchise a bit. And that's my personal opinion. So before but we go Cassette Beasts like, is fresh. It's different. You're doing different things. Totally. You're not, yeah, so I an, int- an interesting spin, and right, you're like dead, right? Like you died. That's why you went there. Yep. Now I have a hot, I have a hot question for you. Spicy yep. question for you. Let's pause here for a second. We just talked about all of the indie games that we've done, right? If you had to recommend out of all of the indie games that we pump through, what is the recommendation? Now let's leave Rachel Foster out because I think it's an important piece of video gaming, but I don't want it to get us involved in like recommendation because that game's not for everybody. But if you as Colin had to go in there and say this out of all of those games was my favorite, where would you go? Row 96. 
Interesting. I really, I really enjoyed the different options and different ways it could go based on how you choose to like, cho- like it's basically like a choose your own adventure, in a in a way. I thought that game was really well done, real well written, mm-hmm. and I think it was cool that you could get like your characters killed. And they're like, all right, next kid. Like, yeah. I think that was interesting because, too, that, but that's also getting that reality of like a totalitarian state, right? Is like kids die, people die. Yep. Um. So I, I like that one a lot, and it was it was cool. It like, was a great pull progressing by you. through it. So I would. I would pull. I would have to say for me, um, it's Dredge, um, just just because of the fact that I just found beauty in that entire game. Like it was so relaxing, it was so fun, but then it was also creepy. And you know me, I love I love a creepy sort of atmosphere. So when you pull up those fish and they're all mutilated and stuff like that, that's all me. Or when you're starting to see things at night because you're not sleeping, like yeah. I love it. Yeah. But I actually want to say like. Cassette Beast was a very close second for me. Um, just just due to the fact that it was just... I think it was such a refreshing love... Like, I know it sounds stupid, but like a loving take on like the gotta catch them all type vibe that I think they did so well with it. I think, yeah, I was going to say Cassette Beast would be number two for me as well. So we um, jump into a couple like... We do do we do a couple odd ones. Uh, not even we, odd. I, I, no, I, not odd, but like we do a couple weird ones. Like, new releases. Just, just new releases before... So we had... Sorry. You we, had, we had obviously... Zelda. And Tears I want that's what I was going to say. We had my childhood best friend come on this, which was for me coming on the podcast a very cool experience. Yeah. Um Daniel. Yeah. And and he loved it. He and he's very passionate about this game. Daniel was very passionate about the game. Daniel is somebody that I've played video games with. We got Conker's Bad Fur Day taken away from us, you know, when we were in grade 4 or whatever, right? Like I've known Daniel forever. We played video games forever. So being able to sit on the pod and have a conversation with him about it, very very cool. Yeah. He doesn't game as much anymore. But just being able to, like, actually, he put, like, I think double the hours that I put into Tears of the Kingdom. So we had some really cool things to say about everything involved in that. Yeah. Um, but Tears of the Kingdom was a great pod. And then we jumped into another kind of newish release, like a 2023 release, Atomic Heart. Yeah, it was, it was February. So we were kind of busy at the time with, like, I think you were going home. And then yeah. uh, we went into indie months. So we kind of got shuffled through. And I'll say this, like, I really liked Atomic Heart. Me too. I uh, had a good, and I kept saying this to you, it kind of gave me a weird mix between, like, Bioshock, which you, I know, I know that's like. No, it did, I, I see the Bioshock reference. Like, like, though. like, in like, uh, again, totalitarian in, state. In almost like Borderlands in a sense, like mix. I don't think it was Borderlands. I'm trying to think of the, I'm trying it's to think of like, one. I think, can I tell you what I think it is? Yeah. I think it's a mix between Call of Duty and, and Bioshock, to be honest with okay. you. Like, very much like the Bioshock vibes in there, but then there's that Call of Duty, like, gritty combat where you don't really get that much in Bioshock, where it's more kind of stealthy. I um, liked it, but it got, it got sh- lost in the shuffle, and obviously this year was such actually prolific for brand new games and new releases that they just there's no chance for it to really win or anything. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, good game. Great music. That yeah. was another one I loved the music Great on, too. Great music. I actually kind of like the main character. I know you hated him because he just said fuck so much. But you know, yeah, that, it, was, like, it was funny for me for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but then we move on to, in my can, opinion... Can I jump one thing in on, on Atomic, Atomic Heart before we go, though? Sure. Um, I would have liked Atomic Heart more if the it wasn't so... Likely. No, and, and it wasn't so glitchy. So mm. as you know, as we talk about on this podcast all the time, I'm always a trophy hunter. I love trying to platinum as many games as I possibly can. Like, it's just something that I enjoy doing. Um, and this was one of those games that I wanted to platinum, but it was just glitches that actually prevented me from doing it. Like, I finished the game on the hardest difficulty. I collected all of this shit. I did everything, everything, everything. But this game, just due to weird glitches and everything like that, actually was like, you can't have that platinum. Fuck you. Right? Like, yeah, I'm it, was missing, that one, it was that one trophy. It was that right? one trophy about like finding dead bodies. Yeah. And it, I went to every single one. It's like, you have found them. I'm like, well, I, I have. And then... And you, every, wa- you watch the YouTube video too? Like, yeah, I watched, I watched two different ones. And yeah. they, they're literally saying the same thing where they just go like, it's just a glitch. It's just maybe, maybe 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 they fixed it now. They are saying that if I like were to download it, re-download it and pop back on, it'll probably give it to me. But at this point, like... Like, like, guys, like, you had this game out for six months at this point. How is the trophy still broken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, again, that really took away a lot of my my like for it. But, anyway, sorry. I just wanted to plug the Atomic Heart issues that we faced. But now we go to, I my, think, your favorite part of the, the year. This is my favorite part of the year. And I was so excited to do this. Um, we actually – it was super cool. Um, there was a couple of recommendations to, for us to do these games, actually, uh, through yeah. our Instagram. So, I, I, preference, if you're listening to this, thank you so much again for – reaching out and being like and recommending these games because obviously um recommending these games because obviously like it's good for us to have 
input from our fans, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, we do these podcasts, and uh, we know we get listeners, and we appreciate it, but obviously, sometimes we want to get that communication between us yeah. and our fans. We love so, taking recos. Yeah, 100%. So, like, when we heard that the Walking Dead series was something that's pretty pivotal, and I played it, and I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, we, just, we didn't really have enough time to do it yet, and then... Once uh, I told Luke more about him, like this would be kind of like playing off our our love for dark pictures in a way. Um, and and this... so, so we dove into uh, all the Telltale games that we thought were good enough. And there's still some out there that we but could play, but these ones were... This the, was a two-month oh, yeah. um, thing for you and I, right? Yeah. Like this was... Eight, we played eight games. Yeah. So we kicked it off with Welcome Wolf Among Us, which... Spoiler alert again, we'll probably play Wolf, Wolf Among Us 2 because it comes out this year. Yeah, I'm super into I'm that. I'm excited for that because that was a good game. It was, and, it was, and, it and, was and a and very like good game. Too. It was, um, and I loved, you know, the the integration. Again, similar to what we saw in Bramble, like the, in, in, like the um, whatever, like the inclusion, sto- sorry. Fairy tales and stuff, of yeah. The fairy tales, but like, you know, the difference is this is modern twists on them, which is also gritty and violent versus what we saw before, which was the... Um, classic twists on them which was also gritty and violent so really just different types of fairy tales in different situations and i thought that was very very cool yeah Uh, and this was correct me if i'm wrong colin wolf among us is a dc comic i believe or vertigo comic it is a comic yeah i don't know which regardless um, i don't think it's dc i think it's vertigo um and this was was this the first telltale game I know your Telltale experience is a little bit better than mine. So it's like... No, it was... It, this came after season one of The Walking Dead. So Walking Dead was first. Just season one, though. Yeah, and it was 2012 was Walking Dead season one. And then Wolf Among Us came out in 2013. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So so this was, like, very close to the first. Yeah. Yeah. It, I remember playing them both when I was... 18? Okay. Ish. Yeah, 20, 2014 is when I played them. And I only... I never played Wolf, but I did do season one of Walking Dead. And that yeah. was where I obviously... The, the, the maximum amount I did. but It was cool. Um, and we dove into that and then obviously went through the nice, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, I guess like Chronicles of the Walking Dead where they went from season one to season four following Clementine. And I just, you know. Let's, yeah, you're, you're, de- you're over it after let's season just, three. Let's just spend some time talking, I think, about the Walking Dead because I, I, I think that this is whatever. But, you know, um, one of the one of the main things I think that we see as a difference between what we've reviewed in Dark Picture and what Telltale's done is your decisions don't really necessarily matter that much in these. Like they do. They can play some small outcomes, but if somebody doesn't die there, they're gonna die later on. Like and and going from there I thought was, you know, a bit a bit sad, but you say it best, and I'll let you say it again. What is it you always say about Telltale in respects to like uh, Supermassive? Oh, they 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 walk so so Supermassive could run. Obviously, like it is true. Like and even we and we're gonna talk about walking it a little longer. But yeah, you knew every character's gonna die. Kind of got it got drawn out a bit. You're like, all right, well, it's cool. A new character. Guess what? He's gonna be dead by the end of the season. Like it's, probably it's, most of them, except for uh, Javi. Obviously, wasn't. Yeah, but, hobby, sorry, but also at the same time, you never hear anything again, so who cares? Yeah. Well, no, there's a comic book, I guess, now. Okay. Of The Walking Dead. So, with so, Clementine still alive, which is surprising. So we, we talk about that, and like we talk about just sort of like, you know, at the beginning in episode, in season one, let's be honest, Lee is one of the best, I think, video game characters there is, right? Like, bravo, telltale for the whole Lee of it all, like, unreal and Lee needs to die, and I think that that makes total sense that Lee dies. But the fact that there's even the the option to cut your arm off or not cut your arm off, but you die either way, like you're, I, I don't know. It feels like at that I moment, think it's a learning thing because like you're like you've had your arm on for a while at that point. Yeah, you already passed out once. Yeah, because like normally if you get bit, you cut it off, you're fine. Yeah, but it's it's a certain amount of time. But they didn't know, obviously. So when you say it like that, it does make a little more sense. It builds but like, into the lore. You know, yeah, it builds into the lore. And then, but like, you know, everybody's dying. Like those people will die no matter what you do. They just might die a little bit later. We think about, and I don't remember his name. What is the name of the tall, thin gut kid? Oh, Ben. Ben, thank you. Ben, remember he was my ride or die for a while. And I saved him a hundred times, but guess what happens at the end? He dies. He still dies and there's no chance to save him. Maybe it's the moral of the story too, though. How Walking Dead's like, you're, and you're, you're, you're trying to everybody gets bit eventually yeah you're trying to save yourself from you know that inevitable ending yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely 
And and the thing about, you know, I think the thing about him and like just sort of the thing about Lee was he just created such an amazing overarching, I think, like experience for the Walking Dead Telltale games, mm-hmm. which, sorry, I don't think they ever really were able to capture again after season one. You think about season one, you think about Lee as a character, you think about the cannibal farm, which was like insanity. You think about so much of that stuff that is so... Like, for example, um, when... Oh, my God. The names escape me. Is it Liz? Lynn? Lynn? The girl kills the other girl because of the prescription meds, remember, going missing? Oh, yeah. And, like, so intense. And, like, season two is okay. The birth of the baby, right? Like, all that kind of stuff was okay. Yep. Season three, I thought, was just a shot in the dark horrible. Except for when that little girl gets shot in the head. That blew me away. Um, at the beginning, Javi's, like, daughter. Oh, yeah. That Not Javi's daughter, sorry. Um, niece. Yeah. Yeah, by his, by her oh, dad's people. my God. Yeah, that was nuts. Like, that was that was a cliffhanger. For, that was just a shocker for sure. But that storyline, I think, like, you guys have talked about Clementine for two seasons as the main protagonist. Like, bringing in Javi and pretty much saying... He's the main protagonist. Clementine is in it on and off. Yeah. Like, why do I want to care about this guy right now? Like, why aren't you giving me more Clementine? It felt like a weird sort of like... And Clem's in it and she's kind of like a side character. Exactly. That's time. what I'm saying. And you don't really get to control her, right? Like, no, it's, you it's, did a little bit, but not a lot. And then and they then bring it back to season four. Season, which I thought season four was starting off okay. But you know what I've said. What have I said about video games a hundred times? And I hope you remember what I'm, where I'm going with this one. It's about kids. Every time you introduce a little kid into a video game or a TV oh, show yeah. or anything like that, I'm out. Because normally it's just annoying. And like it's just like, oh, this kid is fucked up for this reason, or this kid is fucked for this reason. And it's just Well, we gotta protect the kid. But it's just it's yeah. just such generic and video games haven't it's not even video games, it's it's TV too. They just haven't been able to find the right way to deal with having kids in these things. But the, the the biggest problem is a lot of these video games think that, oh, the pregnancy is the interesting part, right? Like giving birth, that's fascinating. Like, and, and then they try to incorporate the kids into it. And the kids are sort of just like, they, they ruin it in my opinion. Like when we had, an, sorry, what what's what's the kid's name? Clement, like not Clementine's kid, but what's the name of the kid? AJ. AJ sucks. I hate him. I liked AJ. He's just like, I'm going to blow, blow brains out. It's like, you're a five-year-old kid. You're not blowing brains out, buddy. Like, relax. Like, But he does. And you're just like, what are you doing? It was pretty cool to end that episode like that, nope. though. No, disagree. I like Hated it. it. They had some really cool stuff in there, though, like, in terms of storyline. I liked it because, like, he says the line you tell him. Sure. I don't care, I though. That was like, cool. it just, for me, it's just a You said aim for the head. But for me... It's just a cheap ripoff. I think I think putting kids into it and making some crazy storyline off of a kid is in any game, not just this one. I think or... I think season four is like a playoff of like that one movie as a kid with all the kids on the island and they like run that place. I want to say War of the Pigs, but it's Lord of the Flies. Yeah. I don't know why I call it War of the Pigs, but yeah. Lord of the Oh, because it's a pig head. Oh, piggy. Right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm reminiscing back yeah, yeah, to like yeah. grade yeah. 10 English now, but. Lord of the Flies. Um, I just, and, and. I've said this on the pod. I will say this to you again. The ending for Clementine in season four breaks my heart because she deserves so much better than to survive. I hate to say it. And I I told you, remember I told you my perfect ending? Yeah. And I want to talk about it again. Okay. So for anybody that hasn't listened, first of all, go listen because we go into detail on where we thought season four missed, which was a lot. But, um, for me, the perfect ending for this game is Clementine dies, and she's back on the train with Joel. With not Joel, she's no. Um, why am I not even remembering his name? I'm thinking Last of Us right now for some reason, and thinking about Joel. Lee. Yeah, Lee. Okay, sorry. Um, back on the train with Lee because you know she had that moment on the train with Lee a little bit earlier where she's like, "I'm gonna die," and I thought it would have been really cool if Lee says. We're here. The trains reach its destination. Let's go, Clementine. 
and you know he takes her hand and it's really emotional and maybe clementine turns back into that little girl that she once was or she stays an adult doesn't matter regardless and they get off and then waiting there is everybody that's died in her past and everybody's like you know we're, we've made it clementine you're you're safe now yeah, yeah, yeah and that would have been such a beautiful ending for like in my opinion such a beautiful character but Keeping her alive because AJ, the serial killer four-year-old, saws her fucking leg off? Crow up, Peter Pan, you know? Like, that's that's just bullshit where they're like, maybe she'll be back with the crutch next season, right? Like, guys, come on. Um, and I thought that ending was so disappointing. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know what your thoughts sort of on the you, end of it were. You but... knew how I felt. I liked it. Because I liked that Clementine didn't die. She survived. She she prevailed it's different than the whole thing was season four, and we don't have to go super into it again but yeah but season four the whole ending was oh it's just like she's less like lee she's about to die and this time aj's like nope gonna save her ass so it's like it was like a, oh like they actually it's actually not cliche it's not like season one mm-hmm. where she's like kill me and he just cuts her thing off instead instead of axing her like head but it doesn't there is some things that they're obviously like plot points are missing it's like it's like, how did uh, not all those walkers eventually break down to that place and kill them both? Yeah. So, anyways. So, they smelt her. Totally. You know, so. and, then, and then we went on to uh, a weird mix for me. And the fact that I've never played Tales from the Borderlands before. So, but hopping you, off of this, but still saying on Telltale. But you loved Borderlands, the series. And Tales from the Borderlands, I loved. I think, for me, Tales from the Borderlands was... All time. Peak Telltale. Hot take. And as we know, they recently, I think it was... 2021 or 2022 2022 they did new tales from the borderlands which but but and why don't you talk about this because you were the one that taught me this oh so tales of the borderland was so good but we the writing was actually done by uh gearbox yeah but then new tales of the borderlands wasn't it wasn't even no it, it was only gearbox no telltale yeah no telltale which is weird how new tales just suck so much that was horrible but i think they try to make it too like i don't know progressive in a sense yeah yeah like like progressive but like forcing it down your throat progressive yeah yeah like like it's not a bad thing but like it was more like just so pc and, and they didn't do the humor that you normally would do no and it was it was weird so it, it that this game alone gives me because they've announced obviously borderlands 4 is coming because when you play a Borderlands game, you're expecting some wacky humor, some off-putting jokes here and there. And, and then, just some fucked up side. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. I think there was only like maybe a few times in New Tales of Borderlands I actually laughed. And it was like with, it wasn't even the main characters. It was like the random Merc dudes that were like, that were just like, no, the random like Stormtrooper dudes. Those were the guys we liked the, the most. Yeah, those were the funniest people in the, the whole game. So it's also funny because. With a, with a gun and like, let him have this one. He's been going through it. <laughs> it's like, that's so good. And, you know, Claptrap can come in in the end for that secret final Vault Hunter payment. Remember that? Like, yeah, but we didn't get... Did we do that? No, no we didn't, we didn't get that, yeah. And he comes yeah. and he just fucks up. Yeah. So that was a nice touch, but the actual core of the game was rough. And that gives me concerns for 4, which 4 has been announced, and I don't know... It'll well, 3 probably... wasn't great. 3 was okay. I didn't mind 3. But um, you know me, I don't like shooting in Ludums. Yeah. I hated but playing f- board. I mean, we're jumping into 4 when it comes out, 100%. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, we end on, again... A 2023 brand new release, the Telltale Return from whatever, because you know, like, why don't you maybe like well, Telltale was te- so on. Walking Dead season four kind of felt rushed in a lot of ways the last mm-hmm. couple episodes, and it was because, um, it was because basically, uh, they're going bankrupt essentially, yeah. so they were closing and they're firing and like laying off everyone. So I think. At the end of the game of season four, they actually showed like all the cast members left. Or not cast members, sorry, the the crew, the last bit of crew. There was like maybe like 10, 20 names like that were working yeah, on this game. Yeah, there was none. There was no names working on that game. So you could tell like the – because we thought the first few episodes of season four were good and then it started dipping in season episode four and five. So they they after season four, they, they went fully bankrupt. They closed. They were um, – and then they were obviously – uh, they came back together. They kind of a few of them went back together. They said, "Let's try this again," uh, and they re, re uh, they started out with like announcing Wolf Among Us two, which will be out this year. Yeah, and the Expanse, which is based on a show. So like credit to that. We never watched it. I don't. We went into it blind, kind of. And I'll say this: I wasn't a fan. I was. I thought it was okay. And you I, know why my I, problem was? Yeah. Because we talked about how these older 
Telltale games were like very linear in a lot of ways. Um, you knew things were going to happen, like kind of predictable. But then Expanse were like, oh, maybe Expanse will kind of be like Dark uh, dark Picture Anthology where like you could go multiple ways. And no, it was no. still very linear. I, the only reason I liked it compared to other stuff is I thought it was a little more open world, quote unquote. Um, well, that's because of the space. They just yeah, exactly. exactly. And there. I thought, you know, like I did think, you know, for me, what took away, I thought the characters were pretty good. The sound was amazing, though, and the replayability was pretty high. Like, I thought there were some pretty cool decisions that I didn't make that I could make. But, I mean, again, the problem is, sure, you get a little bit of extra dialogue, but not really that much. Um, which I was disappointed in. And I hope that, you know, with Wolf Among Us 2, Telltale really does make some big moves to try to figure some stuff out. And that's sort of our Telltale two months. Like, I mean, I think that that was, for me, Telltale feels like the biggest sort of takeaway for us from 2023. It also was surprising, too, if we look back on some of the games we released. We actually had a couple months where we were hitting, like, same rating on a lot of games around that, around that time. But our worst game I think we ever rated was New Tales of the Borderlands, actually. Uh, no, we, we agreed, still out, though, Outriders. what's it called? Outriders was worse. Yeah. But we agreed it was the second lowest. Yeah. And then we get into one of my favorite months of the year. Dunna. Da na 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 na. Spooktober. No, how do you do it? Spook, 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 spook. Spooktober. Um, I love horror games. Colin does not, which is why he did not play, I think, a single horror game that we touched during Spooktober. Well, I played Dead Space. I didn't play the, I just didn't play the, the remake. Right, the remake. So we talked about three huge games Dead Island 2, which came out in 2023, Dead Space Remake came out in 2023, Resident Evil 4 Remake also 2023 so we jumped really into a lot of spook 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 in here mm -hmm. and i played the hell out of all three of them dead island is your feel good zombie slasher right like get out there fuck some zombies up some graphic gore dismemberment go in there and just have a fun time but there's also sort of that side of humor that you see in games like borderlands where it's like violence but you also see that joking side of it right loved it Dead Space Remake, in my mind, dude, I have to be honest with you, chef's kiss perfection. What they did with the graphics, like, it was a complete overhaul of graphics. Like, it was, it was, the graphics were stunning. The darkness, the horror, everything in that game did so well for me. I, I think, I gave it an 8-2. And they like, brought back the guy for new lines. Yeah, Isaac Clark. they brought, yeah. um, but I mean, he didn't do it in the first game originally. So we yeah. actually did all the new lines for that. Yeah. Unreal. Dead Space 2 remake is like top of my list for horror. We did the Resident Evil 4 remake, which I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about here. But um, this game got nominated for like game of the year. This game got nominated for action game of the year, blah, 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 blah. I was really personally disappointed with this game. I just felt it was just so repetitive, same shit. I understand they cut down a lot of kind of the storyline stuff to make it a little more smooth because it did drag on at certain points. Um, and maybe what I need to do is get the GameCube version of this game and replay it and just understand that difference. Because when I played through this, I got bored. Like, and which is crazy because I love Resident Evil and like the Dead Space remake hit so hard for me. But the Resident Evil remake was just like a bit of a disappointment. Right? Like, truly. Yeah. And and I think Spooktober-wise, Dead Space and Dead Island shone the brightest for me, where Resident Evil 4, I thought it was going to hit that nostalgia button. It didn't. It didn't hit it, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, And then we jumped into kind of some new releases. We kind of just pounded out some new releases before we ended in, in December. Yeah. And we did Sea of Stars, which won indie game. Great indie game. And Unreal, right? Like the, A lot of fun. The, it was the late, what do they call it? It's like a late, it's an old school like... JRPG, JRPG so a Japanese yeah. RPG. Yeah. It, it really, so fun fact, as, as Colin knows, but I'll, I'll let the broader audience know, I've been collecting retro game consoles lately. So now I have, you know, the NES, the Super NES, the N64, the GameCube, a Game Boy Color, and a Game Boy Advance. One of the games I played as a young kid on the Game Boy Advance was Golden Sun, which is a JRPG very similar to what we just went through with Sea of Stars. And this you game... that? Oh, yeah. This game I gave me... I have it. Me, you can try it. I have Golden Sun. Oh. Um, this, this game gave me such Golden Sun nostalgia, I couldn't even believe it. But this game added, now that we're in this you know new world of video games, this 
extra layer of secret endings, secret bosses, all this kind of stuff that I don't think you really got to see in that game, the Game Boy Advance versions, yeah. because they were so old. Yeah. Uh, and Sea of Stars shone, except for one person for both of us. Garl. Yeah. And Garl... <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot Garl was a person until you mentioned him just now. Garl's a reason I think this game wasn't a nine for me. Just his horrible character arc, his annoying attitude, and just his shittiness as a character. But the game was amazing. Other than him, like I said, Garl dying made that game skyrocket for me. And I'll say it again. It did. <laughs> I know you hate hearing this. I know you hate hearing the Garl hate on this one. But as a character, as soon as he left the plane of existence, I was smiling. Spider-Man. I know Spider-Man holds a really dear place in your heart. Do you want to talk quickly on Spider-Man 2 and how you felt about the PlayStation exclusive? Yeah, it really is unfortunate that it was only an exclusive game. But it's kind of been like that forever. You had to watch the gameplay, but you got into I it. I did, I did. Um, it just, yeah, I love the old Spider-Man games. Uh, I've, I've been so happy to see what they've, they've done with it and how they brought in Miles and obviously, like, has, like, kind of made it, like, canon in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so it's cool that you can transition between both Peter and Miles the whole time. I thought that was really cool, really well done. Um, so yeah, no, the game was really cool. Can I ask you one thing? Hmm. Snubbed the Game of the Year awards. How do you feel about that? Awful. I, I think it just, I think that that's crazy it was snubbed because I think it deserved a bit more. Yeah, 100%. It's a really cool game. I like how they, like, they don't, like you said, like, and we talked about it on the pod, but they don't mm. shove, like, the the progressive PC stuff in your face either. But there is a lot of it in the game, but it's not, like, overbearing. Okay. And I talked, cool. about, I talked about the level with the, the, the deaf girl. Yeah, and, and, yeah, Miles' girlfriend's deaf yeah. and everything, and that's really cool how he like tries to totally. learn. He tries to learn sign language just to like interact more, which and, is really cool. And I love that. And like I said, the only thing that I disliked about this game, too baby, you know, like they really made it like very like predictable storyline wise, and that's where it hurt for me, was just going in there and being like, okay, like you know, he's gonna be like, oh, I love you, I love you, Harry, you're so special to me, and the power of love doesn't necessarily fix him, but it's just like guys like grow up, right? Like this isn't how normal people act. Yeah. Which is where we saw that. Yeah. Uh, and then... We finished with a goofy one. Well, we didn't finish with a goofy one, we, but we, we got near the end. High on Life, which I had been... You had the luxury of having High on Life on Xbox for over a year now. This isn't a 2023 release. It's a late 2022 release. I just, I think like two months ago in August or September at that point, had finally got it brought onto PlayStation. And we played the hell out of it. So and fun. So fun. It's so funny. And then, again, we don't have to go into like the allegate, like, you know, all that stuff. Acquisitions, not against acquisitions. Justin, not, not, not acquisitions, but you know, yeah, allegations. allegations against Justin. Yeah, 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 and like, um, but like at the end of the day, like, it's still gives you that Rick and Morty like video game vibe. It's so funny. And, I just and, think like the characters are so wacky. It's so good. And we also talked about the fact that like you know, hanging out and waiting in certain places like yields different funny dialogue options, and like they they've really thought of everything in that game. Yeah, and then there's obviously the funny DLC with Cheers. Exactly. And they, they do a whole episode of Cheers, essentially. Like, like again, like, I thought everything was great. We, the story, I think we both really thought was lacking, though. Like, it was kind of stupid. Like, oh, you're a bounty hunter now because, like, we landed on Earth and you got the gun. Well, but, it was never meant to be, like, a good story. No. and kinda I like, did, It's kind of like a goofy, like, episode of the, t- like, the show. And I did High on Knife, which also a pretty decent DLC. It didn't hold up, in my opinion. And I think, I hate to say this, and I hate to say this, but I think High on Life missed because Justin Rowland wasn't involved. Because he's also a writer, I believe. Like, he does a lot of that kind yeah, of stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, and, like, every single voice is basically Justin Rowland's voice, and, and again, so funny. And, again, not saying he should be involved, not going on either side there, but I think the game actually did get hindered a little bit, or the DLC, just because he wasn't involved in that. Yeah. And then, finally, we had to end on a classic. Bring it back. With Gen that, 2. Gen 2, the Johto region. I got my fresh Game Boy Color. Colin got his. Do you get yours this year, too? Yeah, you did from your parents. It's 2023 you got it. No, I had it last Christmas. Well, then I take that back. Yeah. Anyways, we dove in to some amazing old school Pokemon games. I had gold as a kid. I got gold again now, and we jumped back into the Johto region. We talked about some very cool things involving, did you know you could get 16 badges? Colin provides the lore behind that. So why can you get 16 badges? Why did the Kanto side of things feel so weird? Yeah, so, like, uh, if you listen to the pod, it kind of, uh, it does feel like it's a rushed game after you finish, like, the first eight gym badges, because they're like, oh, no, you got to go Kanto, um, and a lot of Kanto's, like, close off, it's just because, 
it's an old the cartridges of Game Boys can't hold that much like information. So like, they had to cut like so certain like parts and pieces out of it. Like there was no like Safari Zone. There was like no, certain routes were like just closed off. Um, so that's kind of why they had to do it. But I still think the game itself is so fun to play, and it's such a nostalgia trip. So I really enjoyed playing it and having the chance to close out the year with it. Because last year we did red, blue, and uh, yellow. Yeah, which, I mean, and this year, guess what we're doing? Emerald, ruby, obviously. sapphire, and emerald. Obviously. So, I mean, that's kind of we we kind of hit through everything that we did this year, and it's been like we said a very busy year for us, not just necessarily doing this pod, but in life as well. And I think that like going through the thirty something games that we did was awesome. We missed some big ones, Jedi Survivor, right? We missed a couple like Mario Wonder. Mario, no, we haven't done that yet. Super Mario Wonder though. Yeah, but we like haven't done it yet. But we oh, missed. Oh no, that. I, I meant I mean we didn't even talk about it on the pod. Like we did Jedi Survivor already. Like we talked about that on the pod. We talked about a little bit of Destiny on the pod when Lightfall came out. We did a bunch of uh, you know other stuff as well. But I think these were the key takeaways. So I have indie games that we like, you know Death Door. Oh uh, yeah, Death Door stuff like that yeah. too. So I've I've a I have a very intense question. Two questions for you. The first one, we talked about a lot of games that got re-released or released in 2023. Now, only based off of what we've rated so far, not anything that we played that we're waiting to rate or anything like that, what do you view as being the best game on the pod that came out in 2023? Out of tw- oh, whoa. Oh, man, from 2023? Yeah, I'm trying to give you, I know. I mean, From we, my personal opinion, yes. what we played or just like in general? From what we've played on the pod, I don't want to talk about in general. I want to talk on the pod. What's the best 2023 game we played? Was it Devil in Me for you? No, obviously it's got to be Zelda, Tear of the Kingdom. <sighs> okay, that's a good one. I, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You know what? Know what I'm going to say? And this is a hot, hot take. There are some huge games that came out in 2023 um, that we haven't even talked about yet. We're doing a review on Baldur's Gate in a couple of months, right? Like, we're, we're ready to go on that. We're talking about games like Mario Wonder, the remake of Mario RPG, all this amazing stuff that's gone on. But from what we personally went into and reviewed that came out this year, I, honest to God, feel like Dredge could still take one of the top ones for me. I'm sorry. I know it's a hot take, but Dredge was incredible for yeah, me. I know. It changed a lot. Tears of the Kingdom was beautiful, but to me, it felt like, you know, not a carbon copy, but very similar to Breath of the Wild. Well, it's a, it's a sequel. Yeah, but <laughs> just, you know, it didn't feel like there's anything super overwhelmingly unique in it. Okay. Uh, Spider, I would say Spider-Man was probably number two, and Sea of Stars probably would have ended number three. I was going to say Spider-Man or Zelda, so. I thought Sea of Stars would have been up there for you, too. To I honest, was thinking maybe. about it, but I was like, I was like uh, does it compare against these, like, two, like, very well done, like, games, graphically appealing to look at, mm-hmm. visually appealing. Storyline was very good on both games. And, and now I have one final question hmm. before we end this off. And this is a big one. Out of the 30-something games that we've went through. Oh, and Jedi Survivor, for me personally, an amazing game as well. Out of every game that we've reviewed this year. If you had to say to our listeners right now, play this game. I don't care if it's old. I don't care if it's new. I don't care. What is your number one recommended game out of everything we touched this year that you want people to play? I would say Tales from the Borderlands was so fun. I love that. I fucking, that's a great pull. Like, it's such a good game. That's I think that was pull. one game we actually had said like nine out of 10, basically. Like, that game was so fun. I And you know me, I hate Borderlands. Yeah. I do. Like, I don't hate it. Yeah, it's, it's not like, your speed. It's not like the actual games are not my speed. But when we dove into that, it just made me laugh. I had a smile the whole time. I just was funny. Yeah. I just had a good time. I could not agree with you more, realistically. But I'm actually gonna go with Dredge again. No, no, no. I'm gonna go a bit off on this one. It might, it might shatter you. I think Dead Space remake. Oh yeah, is really something that, that I was so beyond impressed with on the remake of it all. If you like, my thoughts on that is if you played Dead Space before but haven't touched the remake, play it. If you, but again, it's very, it's very, it's very niche, right? You need to like horror games. You need to like shooter games, right? All that kind of stuff. Similar with you. This is a telltale game. This is something that's narrative driven. You're not doing much action adventure. Yeah. But for me, Dead Space remake, like Sean, and the fact that the Resident Evil 4 remake got the Game of the Year noms instead of Dead Space actually made me upset because I normally, if you had said to me before this year, what game is better, Resident Evil 4 or Dead Space? I would have said Resident Evil 4 because that game has so much sentimental value to me. I told you it was my first rated M game I got as a kid, blah, 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 blah. But Dead Space was just incredible. And I actually strongly recommend that game to everybody. So 
I think that's it, right? I think we've 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 talked a hell out of twenty twenty three. That was the year interview. We're looking so excited, looking so forward to twenty twenty four, right? Like yeah, big big months ahead. We're gonna do some. We're gonna dip hard into Nintendo. We're doing a Mario like two months almost of Mario. So we're doing a Paper Mario month, and what inspired that, which was Mario RPG. So I'm doing the SNES version of it. Colin's gonna do the Switch, Switch. version of it, and we're gonna compare notes. Then we got to do, we're doing a Zelda month at some point. Another indie month, as always. Of course, we got a lot of stuff to review. Hopefully, we're gonna see something from Supermassive. But if you can't wait until then, next week we are doing something that I'm so excited for, and it's kind of become a tradition on the pod. But I think this might be the last time we do it. Yeah, I like. It's something called like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Twenty seventy seven. A yeah, Cyberpunk. We have. I guess done, it was like a, a DLC or something. We are doing Phantom Liberty, not just Phantom Liberty. We are doing Cyberpunk two which changed so much. And on top of that, we're jumping into what happened in Phantom Liberty, and we're going to be spending some time on that. Um, for anybody that hasn't known, our first ever pod episode three years ago was the initial version. Four years four ago. Four years ago. Yeah, four years ago was the initial version of Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. And then a year later, we did Cyberpunk again. Then we tried to take a little break from it. And now we're back. We're talking what they've changed, the quality of life updates, and the DLC. And then we're jumping into a cozy game. Which, if you don't know what that is, a cozy game is something that you can just get in your bed, play, and just feel nice and warm inside. And we're talking all about this game called Spirity. And if you're a Stardew Valley fan, or if you just like Spirited Away, or hell, you like them both, this game mixes both of those things in such a stunning way. And I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, We have shitloads of content for you. So make sure... If you haven't followed us yet on Spotify or on Apple Music, make sure you toss that follow button. We have we have Game of the Year awards coming. We have retro games coming. We have indie games coming. We have classics coming. And we have huge hitters coming. This is going to be 2024. It's the year of the Gameaholic podcast. Peace. And here we are I didn't think we'd come this far I just feel it This is truly where I belong Making my way down Ocean Drive Hungover people pass me by I know they feel it Yeah, they feel the way that I do right now Lost in Miami and we were too drunk But it was only you and I Only you